You're listening to a podcast of New Covenant Church. Join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Pompano. Today we're going to be in, I'm going to give you several scriptures that we're going to be looking at, but we're going to just start off looking at Proverbs 18.24, and then also John 15, verse 13 through 15. And that's the, those are the scriptures we'll be looking at today. And so I'm going to read those, those scriptures, and then we are going to pray and see what God has for us. Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. John 15, 13 through 15 says, Greater love has no one than this, that somebody, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my Father and I have made known to you. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you. Thank you for the time that we've already had to, to, to worship you, to learn about you, to praise you. And now, God, I just ask for your spirit to inhabit the, the words, the teaching, the time that we can study here. God, may it not be my words, but your words that we hear and listen to, and God, that we would be changed by you. We need you so much. Show us even more our need for you. We build our lives on your love, just like we sang, on your word, on your truth. May that truth awaken us today. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So there's been a, it's an interesting thing happening in the world around us. Um, it's not new, but it is something that's, I think, come center stage for a lot of us as we've just had to process all the stuff going on in the world and in and around us. And when we talk about through the noise, this is what this series has been about. It's, it's that there is so much happening, so much intake, so much noise coming at us that we've had to, we just need God. We need wisdom to know how to handle it all, how to process it, what to do with all the input, all the stuff that is flooding our minds, our senses, what we see and hear. And something that's taken center stage during this time, and really over the last five years, is what's become known as a cancel culture, right? If you've heard that term, cancel culture, basically what we're talking about is um, someone in some kind of public position that has a voice, an influencer, in any capacity, they say or do something that is offensive, and then there is a public backlash, and social media has been used a lot for this, and basically that person becomes canceled. <laughs> they, there's a call for this person's removal, this person's shame, this person's 
uh, to be silenced, and it is this is where the cancel culture has has come from. And either you know the, the goal is to effectively either end their career uh, or remove their influence, and that could be through boycotts. It could be through uh, some kind of disciplinary action, or they go right to the employer and say, "I want this person fired." And, and we're seeing a ton of this. And look, so I, I'm not here to say whether it's good or bad. I think we've, it, throughout history, this has been a thing. This is not new, but it has definitely taken a whole new public persona because of the rise of social media, because of the rise of just media in general. We, we just see this happening over and over again. And some people, look, some people need to be canceled, man. Something, some things need to happen when people are just crossing over massive lines of appropriateness or overly offensive. And so there's good and bad to it, but here's what happens. We see things like that that are happening out there, and then it starts to make its way into our personal lives. It comes home, and we're influenced by it. We're influenced by it. We, we look at our lives, we look at our family, our jobs, our friends, and we start to go, all right, who needs to be canceled? Who can I cancel today? And so it, it, it begs some questions for us. Like, it starts to, it, it starts to raise some things in us in, in terms of relationships and particularly friendship. I've seen, I've seen it, right? Friends engaging, someone will say something that the other person does not like, and through the media, uh, the medium, excuse me, of social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or any of them, they'll just delete them, or they'll say, hey, you unfriend me, because <laughs> I don't want anything to do with you anymore, because of what you're saying, what you're doing. And so it begs the question for us, like, what is friendship? How does this play into our understanding of relationships, of friendship? Should we be canceling one another? And look, friendship is a, is a funny thing. It's difficult. It's complicated. It's hard to know, right? It's hard to measure sometimes, really, who are our friends and who aren't. In my own life, right, if, if you ask me, who are your friends? Well, I, I have an idea in my mind of who I put in those categories. If you were to look based, uh, at my life based on the internet, then it would look differently because on my different social media outlets, there are people labeled as friends, and probably most of them would not be friends. I drive a Jeep. Um, when I got that Jeep, it's something I had wanted for, for so long and, and got it years ago, and something really cool happened when I got a Jeep. When you, when you get a Jeep and you drive around in a Jeep, all of a sudden, people start waving at you. And it's people in other Jeeps. And I noticed it early on. It was like, you know, I'd pass another Jeep and they'd wave. And I'm like, who's that? And I'm like, oh, I'm in a club. I got new friends. So now, whenever I pass a Jeep, I... I want to wave, and, and honestly, I try to not even look at them because I don't want to know if they wave back. I just, I want to wave and show my appreciation, but I feel like I will be hurt and offended if they, I feel weird. And it's just this whole weird social construct. It's ridiculous, but this is, this is like a, a picture often of what, just what life is and the complexity of friendship. Wisdom 
impacts this. See, when we talk about wisdom as it relates to the Proverbs and really all of life, it is learning how to live between the rules, right? Learning how to live when there's no real rule to live by. We call it skillful living. That's what wisdom is. That's the point that I've been trying to make over these last two months as we've been studying Proverbs. Gospel wisdom for complicated lives, right? Amen, our lives are complicated. They just are. In every aspect, every element, it is complicated. We just talk about friendship, that's one thing, but as we add in all the pieces of life, and then you throw in a pandemic, and you throw in social issues that are surrounding us, man, we are in complicated days and uncharted waters. That's life, man. Life is complicated. There are no clear rules. It's us often just kind of feeling our way around, feeling our way through life and trying to make sense of it all. And that's friendship. (laughs) Friendship is a lot of feeling involved. It is a lot of feeling through cloudy skies, murky waters, man. It It is challenging. And it's, it's amazing, it's complicated, it's fun, it's painful. And some of us love this. Some of us love friendships, love relationships, but some of us want none of it. Right? I mean, some, some, some just want nothing to do. They're like, nah, man, I'm good. Like, I, save that drama for someone else. I'm good. I got my TV, I got my PlayStation, I got my social media, it's all I need. Canceled. (laughs) Don't even try to come into my life. You're gonna be canceled before you even start. And then I know there are some who are are, are dying for friends, want friends, want real relationships, want connection. And you find it hard, because it is hard. So the question is, what does God want from us? That's the goal in all of life in these things. For us as a, as a church, as a Christian, for me, I want what God wants. I want to understand how he sees things. I want to do what he wants me to do. That, that should be our desire. If you're here and you call yourself Christian, it should be, God, what do you want from my life in terms of how I relate with other people? How should I view relationships? How should I view friendship? And if you're with us today, whether home or here, and you don't know, you don't have a relationship with God. You don't know the forgiveness that's found in Jesus. This is, this is so important to your life as much as it is to ours in understanding there is more to life than just living the way I want to live because I'm just going to get what I need, what I want, and if others want to join that trip, fine, but if not, who cares? What does God want from us? How does he view friendship, true friendship? See, Proverbs, Proverbs talks a lot about this, and not, not, just having good, not just having good friends, but being a good friend. What does it mean for us to live life in connection with other people, in community? And so what I want us to see today is that, that at the simplest level, we need friends. 
You need a friend. You need to be a friend. We need one another. Wisdom tells us this, and wisdom shows us how to handle friendships. So I want us to see, well, what, what is a friend? And then also, how does God want me to develop that, those friendships, develop friendship in my life? And, and the way that we begin, the way that we start is by understanding our relationship with God, understanding who he is, understanding that that relationship, that friendship starts with his definition of that and how he relates to us. We understand friendship because of who God is. And before we can get into the practical elements of like how we do this together, how I interact with you, you interact with me, we have to understand um, our relationship with God, our friendship with God. Right? We read it earlier. There's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. There's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. See, the, the, the verse, that verse is talking really about our relationships and friendships that we have together um, and the faithfulness of a true friend. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But the bigger picture is this. The bigger picture is that we all have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We all have that friend. It has nothing to do with social status. It has nothing to do with followers or likes or Jeeps or gyms or any of these places where we have connection and relationship. It is about the God of the universe choosing to engage in a relationship with us, with you. We read it earlier. Jesus said it in verse 15 of John 15. He says, no longer, no longer do I call you servants, but the servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. I've called you friends for all that I've heard from my father. I have made known to you. Look, this right here is everything. It's everything. God has entered into a friendship with you. entered into a friendship with you. And he goes on, right? Because look, the tendency that we have when we hear God is our friend, we have a tendency to minimize it, right? Because friendships are weird with us. We, we don't quite know what they are. We, we have all these categories of, of friends, and I just talked about them a minute ago. And so when we hear God is, God's my friend, God has entered into friendship with me, we might minimize what that actually means because we think about our typical friendships, but that's why in verses 16 and 17, he goes on to say, he says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you these things I command you so that you will love one another. Okay, look, that, <laughs> this is the picture. That's the full picture. It's not just that we're we're not servants anymore, we're friends, but it fills it out for us, gives us a whole new understanding of what friendship is. It's big. He chose us. The God of the universe has come to us to make us his friend, to engage in relationship with us. We're not just servants, we are friends. And look, I'll tell you this, it was a big deal to be called the servant of the Lord. 
To be called servant of God, like in, in the Old Testament, right, the, the first part of our Bibles that we have, the, that whole first section, it, it was a big deal. It was an honor to be called the servant of the Lord. It didn't, that privilege wasn't given to everybody. It was given to a, a select group of people. The prophets, for example, they were the Lord's servants, If you know anything about the prophets, they had some intense relationship with God. And God says, actually, being a friend of mine is a bigger deal than being a servant. Being a friend is, is bigger than being a servant. The Bible tells us like that God used to talk to Moses. Remember Moses? You've heard stories about Moses. <laughs> he gives, he's the one who like brought the Ten Commandments, and he had this burning bush experience and had this really connect connected relationship with God that was close. And, and the Bible tells us that the Lord used to speak to Moses face-to-face as with a friend. Nobody else could get that close. But now, but now, because of Jesus, we all, it's not just a couple people, it's not just this side of the room gets to be a friend. Or if you were born into a certain nationality, or if you look a certain way, or if you have enough money, or if... what. There is no criteria other than the fact of Jesus that that we all can enter into friendship with God. We have been invited into relationship and we can get close. And God's saying, you're more than a servant. You're more than a servant. He is making us his friend. And so here's here's the problem, right? Again, we start to think friend and we think cancel culture. We think... Um, superficial, all kinds of things when we talk about friendship. We see it as casual. We see it as loose. We see it as easy. And we're like, man, we hear this. You're not a servant. You're a friend. You're like, oh, good, because servant sounds really hard. Friend is a lot easier. Friend, I can, you know, if I'm your servant, I'm with you all the time. I really don't have any say in what I'm doing. Friend means I can go home at the end of the day. I don't have to listen to you anymore. I can, you know, create distance, social distance. Our introverts still love the fact that we don't have to be around each other too much. God, God is telling us, great, I'm not a servant. I am a friend easy, it's less restrictive, but that's not the case, and that is not the case at all, because friendship with God is actually a much bigger deal, it's much more impacting, and it's a much more challenging relationship. He, he, he says, I made you friends, I chose you to be my friend, so that you can go bear fruit and do what? Love one another. See, it's bigger. It is, it is bigger than we think. We think it's easier than being a servant. We think it's less restrictive than being a servant. No, no, no. It is bigger. It's fuller. It's much better being a friend, but it is definitely not easier because he says, I want you to go and love one another. And look, right before all this, in John 15, he tells us what loving each other looks like. He says, greater love is no one than this. And somebody laid down his life for his friends. So, okay, so here's the whole picture. Now, when you look at all of that, do you go, man, that's easy. That means I can be, I can turn it off whenever I want. I can go home at the end of the day. No, no, he's saying, 
You want to understand what life in friendship is? It's this. Go love one another. And you want to know what loving looks like? It's laying your life down for your friends. Greater love is knowing this than he lays down his life for his friends. And now we start to see the difference, right? Before we're like, all right, no servant. That's great. Now, when I see what friendship really is, we're like, oh, shoot, man, maybe being a servant's better. Jesus says, no, 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 look, this is the foundation of our relationship. He's saying that to us. Your relationship with your God is, the, is built on this, the fact that Jesus laid his life down for you, and he says, you're my friend. I have befriended you. It's, it's not casual. It's not small. It's not meaningless. It's not easy. It is everything. It is sacrifice. It is full. And he said, I laid my life down for you. Now go lay your life down for one another. And that's friendship. That's friendship. Not canceling. It's it's like the complete opposite of it. It's sacrificing. He said, I've made you my friend. Now go be a friend. I choose you. Now, go choose to love the people in your life. Go choose to love the people around you. That's friendship. That's friendship. At the cosmic level, that's our foundation for friendship. The cosmic level meaning God's view of us is this level of friendship. And so how does that translate now into our friendships, our relationships here on earth? How does that choice of him choosing us make its way into our lives? And so what are the characteristics of a friend? I mean, we could pick a lot of things, right? I mean, if I said, I want you to write down your top three things you love about or you want in a friend, you could probably pick a bunch of things. And I'm just going to give you one characteristic that I think sums up what a friend is as it relates to scripture, and and we could add more to it, but to just keep it simple, a friend is faithful. A friend is faithful, and that takes on a lot of nuance, a lot of, it takes on a lot of different colors. But what we learn from Jesus is that a friend is faithful. And, and that may seem very simplistic, but it, it's not because that means a lot of things. But let me, let me tell you how I think it fits into two categories. A friend is faithful. A friend is faithful to stand and a friend is faithful to sting. All right? To stand and to sting. You want to be a friend? You want to have friends? You want faithful friends who will stand with you and also, you want friends and, and, and friendship to sting a bit. And let me tell you what I'm talking about. Look, Proverbs 17, 17, a faithful, or excuse me, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born from adversity. A friend loves at all times. So faithful to stand, what I'm saying is that friendship, a friend is someone who will stand in all the ups and downs of life who's faithful to be with you, to stand by your side through the good and the bad. I feel like my New York accent just came out there for a second. Bad. (laughs) Every now and again, it slips out. True friends, they're revealed when you're at your worst, when you're at the bottom. 
Right? It's easy for people to like you and for you to like others when things are going great and you're at the top of your game and everything's good. But then, honestly, that's the hardest time to know who your friends are because they think you never know. Do they want me or do they want something from me? And this, is, this plays so much into our relationship with God because we, we take this posture like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm great with you as long as things are going good. Can you imagine people in your life that treated you that way? When you look good, smell good, act good, then everybody loves you. But when you're having those moments, those bad days, you forgot to brush your teeth, and you don't smell so good, and you didn't take a shower, and you look, you know, you didn't even look in the mirror, or that same kind of outward ugly comes from the inside, too, and that starts rearing its head, and they're like, nah. Come back to me when you're, when you're smelling better. Man, relationship is not just about when things are going good. It's revealed, actually, when things are going bad. The, the depth of relationship, of friendship, is revealed when we are at sometimes just the worst. And a true friend stands. And look, there are times, absolutely, when, when you need to separate from someone or someone's. Like, that absolutely has to happen when there is serious offense or, th- you know, think... There's, there are those moments, but let's just, let's not push that pedal down right now because we are way quicker to end relationship, end marriage, alienate other people just because it doesn't suit us in the moment or the season that we're in and we hit cancel and it should not be canceled, but it should be tested and we should be laying our lives down and, and being patient. A friend loves at all times. Do you, know, do you know what's needed in order to do that? It's this great word that we use. It's in the Bible. That's in the songs we sing. We talk about it a lot. It's grace. You know what grace is? Grace is unmerited, undeserved love. It is being loved when you are unlovely. And that's what God has done for us. And that's what he calls us to do with each other. This is a great quote from Paul Zoll. He says, grace is love that seeks you out when you have nothing to give in return. Grace is love coming at you that has nothing to do with you. Grace is being loved when you are unlovable. It's being loved when you are the opposite of lovable. Just like that. Let that land for a minute. Now start thinking of your relationships. Think about the one or the ones right now that are maybe on on the border in your life. (laughs) Think about who's been canceled in your life. And start to realize what grace is and what that means in your life and what that looked like from God to you and now how that's supposed to look like from you to others. See, it's, this is why it's so important to remember our relationship with God first. It's remembering that God chose you, you to be his friend 
when you were at your worst. That's the good news. That's good news. And so friendship, friends, are faithful to stand, but also let's just go to the other side of it, right? It's not always super pleasant and pretty, and this is probably what we all can relate to. They, friends are, friendship is, is, are, is faithful to sting. Sometimes friendship hurts, right? It hurts because as we want to grow in our love for God and our friendship with one another, it takes refining. It takes sharpening, right? We, we've heard this proverb somewhere, sometime in your life. Someone has said something like this, but Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. This is, this is wisdom, that iron sharpens iron. When iron is sharpening iron, what does it do? It causes friction. It causes discomfort. It causes shavings to come off in order to get that blade sharp. That's not a pleasant experience, but it is a necessary one for the knife to do what it needs to do. We need sharpening. This is part of being a true friend, not only accepting your, your brother or your sister, your friend through highs and lows, but also the ability to be honest with one another. And often the truth hurts. <laughs> it stings. Real friendship is like the sharpening of a blade because, because God wants us sharp. He wants us useful. He wants us, look, look, be, by ourselves, what happens? We become dull. We become dull. We don't, we don't drift into sharpness. We just get very complacent and, right? I mean, we all get locked away in our homes for three months and, you know, all the bad habits start to come out. Like, we're just eating Oreos, like, regularly. It's like, is this breakfast? I don't even care. What day is it? Who knows? Like, it's ice cream day, so we're just going to eat. Like, we drift into that. Like, it, it takes effort. And, you know, so this isn't really close to home for some. This, this takes, like, for us to, to figure out how to, like, eat well and exercise and do the, the good disciplines of life during times when we are stressed. It's hard. We don't drift into it. No, no, we drift into the other way, and it's the same with our character, with our lives. Every one of us, every one of us needs a friend who will help sharpen us, who will refine us, not flatter us, but will sharpen. Now, this isn't a license for you to just, like, go nuts on your friends and, and just start, like, Ugh, you're so this and this, and, you know, I've been waiting. The pastor told me I could let it out on you. That is not the case, right? A friend stands first, right? Faithful friend stands. But there are those moments when we need to sharpen each other. We speak the truth in love because we don't just want to make that person do what we want. We want that person to be useful and productive and better, godly. Bible tells us we got to consider how to stir one another up. To stir one another up, sometimes you got to poke. Got to poke. I hate being poked, man. I hate it. I don't like to be corrected. I don't like to be I don't like a lot of things. But man, I value it. When someone, and 
paths, when there's those, those people in my life that can come to me and say, Adam, you're being foolish. You're being mean. You're being angry. This was unkind. This is, Adam, you're being a jerk. Proverbs tells us that faithful are the wounds from a I know that person loves me and stands with me, and then they can tell me whatever they want because I need it, because I have blind spots, because I know even from driving in traffic sometimes when I want to change lanes and I don't look behind me, even when I do look behind me, sometimes there's a car there that I will smash into unless that person honks their horn. And even though it bothers me that they honk at me because I don't ever want to be honked at, but they still let me know, hey, you're about to hurt me and you and maybe a bunch of other people. And so they honk because there's a blind spot. We need people honking at us. Do you have that person, those people who will tell you and challenge you and provoke you? And even, you, even though you may not agree with it in the moment and you want nothing to do with it, it's still the faithfulness of a friend to say, hey, man, you've got to deal with this. That's wisdom. And that will cut through the noise, right? You got noise coming at you 24-7 from every outlet in the universe. Is there that person that can come, cut through that, and you will listen to and you will change? And are you that voice for someone else? We're all weird, all right? We're all a little weird. We've got experiences that have just messed us up, made us... We need people to help us with the weirdness where we can't see. <clears throat> and we need to be able to go to someone and say, hey, sharpen me up. Can you get me sharper? <laughs> and if you think that there's no one who is good enough to do that for you right now, let me, let me submit to you. The problem may be you and not them. I promise you. There are people in your life that will serve you and help you in this. Don't shut it off because you're like, yeah, they're going to do it, but they're, gonna, they're not going to do it really well. <laughs> like, I don't, I can't take it from him. Think through that a bit. The problem may not be him. And look, if you want this, you just you have to be willing to fight for it. And, and let me just say this. I know that there's many of us in this room, many of us watching now, who are wounded, who are injured, who are broken because of the, the wounds and the injuries that someone who was a friend did, someone who was trusted and loved, and you're like, man, I don't want to trust anybody ever again because I have been hurt so badly and so I'm never going to get in a relationship again. I'm never going to get married again. I'm never going to join a church again. I'm never... I hear you. And I would say this. These are the things that we have to go to the Lord with. These are things that we have to trust him with. And we need healing. But listen, to heal doesn't mean to withdraw from all of life and all of the things that God has said is good. And I know the church is supposed to be good, and yet the church has been used often at times to hurt and wound people, and there's been abuse, and there's been trouble. And, and God is saying, I, it, it grieves my heart that this has happened in my bride, but don't, don't throw it out. 
God still uses the church to bring about his purposes. And it's made up of imperfect people, and there is healing to be found. So how do we recover? How do we heal? God just, it takes time. But God wants us to follow him in this. And it's not just to say, get over it. He says, as I have loved you, go and love one another. As I've loved you, go lay down your life for one another. Forgive others as you have been forgiven. And so once we start to see the offense that we have brought before God to to him, and he still loves us and forgives us and doesn't say canceled, and he pursues us and loves us even though we are at our worst and we have offended him, and he comes again and again and again. He doesn't say, only do this when they're nice to you. Proverbs 20, 22, this is one of those little nuggets of wisdom from God's word. Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will deliver you. How do we recover? How do we heal? We trust God. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up. We find our hope in him. We wait for him. We wait for him to move, to act, and he will deliver. That's the, that's the hope, man. That's all of it. Your hope is not in me. I will fail you, man. I will. I don't want to. I want to do everything in my power to not hurt you, to not fail, but I will in some way, shape, or form. I will disappoint you. Your husband, your wife will disappoint you. Your kids will disappoint you. The government will disappoint you. Your, your neighbor will disappoint you. Your boss will disappoint you. It's all the reason why we focus in on the gospel that says I, it, it is our only hope, the unchanging, unwavering character of God. It's the only thing that will get us through. And he gives us comfort and says, I am for you. I'm with you. I love you. And you say, how could you say you love me when I am hurt so badly? He sticks closer than a brother. He says, you may not understand, but guess what? I'm here. I'm with you. I love you. And I'm not leaving you just because you're at your worst. Is it good news? See that as good news. See all the brokenness around you that that. It's terrible, it stinks, it hurts, and yet God is saying, there's wholeness in me. Where you see brokenness, I bring wholeness. I bring restoration. I bring healing. Run to God for that healing, not to any other person. Even though I've told you, you need friends in your life, and you do, and you need to be a friend to others, you do, that's not your foundation. Your foundation is built on. God is and what he has done for you. Look, friendships are necessary. You will not grow in wisdom without them. I'm going to tell you. If you want to grow wiser in this world, you need friends. You need that group of friends. It doesn't have to be a large group, but it needs to be some measure of group. It means you have a friend and that you are a friend. That's wisdom. That's wholeness. And so here's what you can do, all right? I just want to give you just Three things to to hold on to as as you think about friendship in your life. And this hits super close to to our church and our mission. See, our mission here 
is, is we are creating opportunities for people to connect with God and cultivate lives of wholeness together, right? It's up on the wall now as you're entering the, the, the auditorium, the sanctuary from the lobby. It's up there. We say, we want you to, to connect to God and others, cultivate genuine growth, create opportunities to make a difference. That's it. That's, that stamp is what I want for you on your life in all these areas. I want you to be able to stamp that and say, how can I connect more to God and others? How can I cultivate genuine growth? And how can I create opportunities to, to do all of that, to make a difference? And so that's that's, that's the application for you today as you're thinking about friendship. Connect, cultivate, create. Don't cancel, not at least right away. Connect, cultivate, create. What do I mean by connect? Make real connections with people. That's gonna mean getting close in proximity. And I know that's really hard right now when everything around is telling you you gotta keep distance, figure it out. If it's a phone call, if it's a Zoom call, if it's a socially distanced meeting between friends, connect. You're not gonna drift into it. You're gonna have to fight for that. You're gonna have to work for that. It's gonna take intentionality. Like, well, if she would call me, then I would do it. Step out in faith. Step out, you be the one to make this happen. True friendship will not happen without intentional connection you will need to get in proximity to another. And I would say this too, do it with people that are not like you as well. You have to. If you wanna know the experience of someone else who's lived a very different life than you, don't get your news from memes. Go to someone, have those connecting moments, talk, ask questions, be a friend it will change your life. Cultivate. Cultivating is a farming term. I mean, it's, it's going to take time. You plant the seed, you water, you wait for sun, you wait, you wait, you wait. It takes intentionality. Cultivate growth. Cultivate growth in those relationships. If, if they're there and you're feeling like they're, they're starting to die, you need to invest more into it. You need to cultivate. You need to stir it up. You need to poke. You need to get in there and be like, hey, I love you. I miss you. Can we have lunch? It takes work. It takes time. Cultivate those relationships. And then finally, create, create opportunities for the connecting and the cultivating to happen. This is part of where we don't just sit around and say, Lord, if you want me to have friends, just make them appear right now. Write their name in the sky, in the clouds. That's the only way I'll know. <sighs> he could do it, but he's not gonna. <laughs> it's not, that's not typically the way he works. He's looking for you to create an opportunity. That means open up your home. Invite someone to a Zoom call, a FaceTime call, something you can see, or just a regular phone call. Grab a cup of coffee with someone. Like, create opportunities. Do a simple Bible reading plan with someone. There's so many ways you can do that through technology. Go to version. You can do it with a friend. You read the same thing, and then you talk about it over the phone. Man, these are the things that are creating opportunities for you to get engaged in life. Be active. Don't be passive. If you're one of the ones that are tempted, just be like, nah, I'm good, man. I just, <laughs> there's enough drama in my life. I don't need any more. I'm telling you to push past. It's gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna sting. It's gonna be awkward at times. 
you're going to want to hit the cancel button. But God is going to tell you, no, listen, this is for your good. This is going to sharpen you, and this is where wisdom comes from. Church, let's stand together. God, we need you for all of this. Lord, it's, it's so hard. I, I know even as I talk about friendships and I talk about relationships, there are many who are watching, listening, who are here right now physically going, I hear it, I intellectually agree with it, but man, I don't want anything to do with people. God, I just pray you would bring comfort to those right now. Pray you would bring hope and healing. God, there'd be a renewed sense that when you call us to something, it's because it's good and right and you will give the grace for it. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for befriending us. And God, we just pray now that we talk about our living hope. You are it. You are everything. And we need more of you, more of you, more of you, so that we can live this life that you've called us to live. Help us to do it. And for those that don't know you, who, don't, who haven't entered into that friendship, God, you would call them now. You would choose them, save them, and welcome them into the family, the friendship that exists between creator and creation. Thank you, God. I will build my life, my hope on your love. You are worthy of all the discomfort, all the awkwardness, all the messiness of it, God. It's because you have... It's what you did with us and you've called us to go do it. And so help us to be in faith for it, God. In Jesus' name.